reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 3, verses 1 to 16. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you very much, Caroline, for reading. Good morning, everybody. My name's Andy. I'm the curate here at St. Paul's. Let's pray as we just come to uh, spend some time reflecting on that amazing story uh, from the Bible. Heavenly Father, thank you that uh, you're a God of healing, a God of grace. Thank you for the healing and grace that uh, was that we've just heard and was experienced in um, that person's life at that time. And Lord, just pray as we just uh, as we reflect. Holy Spirit, would you come and lead our thinking? Lead our feeling and lead our doing. And may you be glorified uh, in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you have a Bible, um, or if you don't have a Bible even, also, you can go and grab one. We've got some of the size of the aisles, or if you navigate to it on your phone. If you're on your phone, maybe you might want to just turn airplane mode on so we can be really intentional about the way we're engaging. Um, we're actually going to be looking at the whole of chapter three of Acts, 
Uh, we heard read kind of about half of it. Um, but yes, yeah, so if you've got it in front of you, then you can track along with it. And over the last month or so, we've been going through, preaching through um, the opening chapters of Acts, looking at the story of the church. Uh, so we started an ascension. Jesus, he's been raised from the dead, and he is taken up to heaven. Uh, then we had Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is poured out on the on Jesus' followers, and uh, you know Peter gets up and preaches, and three thousand people come to faith. Um, last week, Eleanor was preaching on what the Christian community looked like—that they were devoted, devoted to the Word, devoted to each other, devoted to prayer, devoted to evangelism—and um, today we see that good news beginning to be enacted. And we see the power of it uh, going out. And in particular, for this particular man who'd been lame from birth, he'd never been able to walk, is healed at the temple um, and is able to go in and worship. And actually, in the next chapter of Acts, we learn that this man uh, has been, uh, he's been lame from birth and he's over 40 years old. So this is, this is not a, a boy or a, a young person. This is someone who has uh, been living with this for a very long time. And today, I, the heading I want to share on and preach on is being healed into God's presence. This man is healed and he's taken into God's presence. He's able to enter into the temple courts and worship um, and commune with God. And, you know, this man gets healed physically into God's presence, and, and so can we be healed, both that, that might be physical, but also God loves to heal in all manner of ways that, that are, are mental and spiritual as well. So the question that I want to uh, just begin with, to pose to you, is what is it that prevents you from going further into God's presence? Uh, into relationship with him, into his will for your life? And that's a big question. Um, and there might be things that are external. You know, it could be to do with health, actually, like it was for this man that we've heard read about. It could be uh, relationships in your life. It, it might actually be because of isolation. Um, you know, over these last two years, and for, for many of us, that isolation continues in some form. Um, or it could be the impact of technology. Uh, I was at a conference earlier this week where they were really talking about the fact that these days we're discipled by our smartphones. And that might, you might just feel actually that is really a bit of a barrier for you pushing into more of what God has for you. Um, so that's external things. Maybe, maybe it's internal. Maybe there's, there's those things in our lives, there's areas in our hearts that we haven't surrendered over to God. Or maybe there's hurt from the past that gets in the way of our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And perhaps if you're here today or you're watching online and you might not call yourself a Christian, or you're not quite sure where you stand uh, in matters of faith, well, what's preventing you from putting your trust in the Lord Jesus to save you, to be Lord of your life? And as I said, we're talking about healing this morning. I want to be really careful uh, when we come to talk about healing, th this is something that is holistic. So um, this man was feel healed physically of his paralysis, wasn't he? But 
really what's at stake here is his relationship with God. That's the thing that God really wants to pinpoint and to heal for each of us. And this man, his condition prevented him from worshiping God in a, in a really kind of tangible way. Um, so we had, a, we had the slide up of the temple, didn't we? So let's, um, let's pop that back up now. Um, the temple uh, gates, this is it's actually only a model, um, but this is, the, uh, this is the temple in Jerusalem at the time of Jesus. Um, and this is where, um, if you were a Jew, you went to worship and you went to pray. And there were set times when you did that both in the year, big festivals, and also times in the day. And uh, so Peter and John are coming at the, the hour of prayer um, into uh, the temple. And the, the, the man uh, who's been lame from birth is sitting outside the gate called Beautiful. Now, what we need to understand about the temple is that it had, uh, it was gated. There were gates, not just one gate. The gate called Beautiful was one of them, but there were barriers um, as you went further into the complex. And this comes from this idea that's very clear in the Old Testament that God's presence is holy, and because of that, it's like it's dangerous. You know, it's like if you're, uh, if you're around a, a bonfire, you know, and it suddenly gets lit, and you're standing too close, you know, you're like, wow, <laughs> to get out, get back, or be burned. And so, let me just run through um, the way that the temple was structured. Uh, firstly, you had um, the court of the Gentiles, so that's the bit outside kind of the, the flat area just outside the temple there. It's the court of the Gentiles. That means that if you're a Gentile, if you're not a Jew, that's as far as you can go. And actually, there's, if you look very closely, you can see there's a little fence um, that separates. You could, weren't able to pass that fence. If you did, um, there was a death penalty um, for doing that. So it's a really big deal. Um, don't cross uh, that fence. Then you've got um, the first gate, which leads into uh, the court of the women. So this, is, this meant that, um, that women were not allowed further than this kind of first inner uh, courtyard. And in addition, those who were um, disabled, so including um, this paralytic man. So you've got the, the gate there, which leads into the next um, courtyard is the gate called Beautiful. It's this massive, ornate uh, gate, 70 feet high, um, this brilliant kind of um, bronze. Um, it's talked about in Josephus, who's a historian of the time. He talks about how beautiful this gate was in the temple. Then you've got the court of Israel. So if you were a man, you were allowed through a little bit further, but no, no further than that unless you were a priest. Then you can go into the court of priests. And this, isn't, this is before we've even got inside the temple building. Inside the temple building, you then had the Holy of Holies, which is this space where no one can go. That's just for God, God's presence alone. And so you've, this, this man had never been able to go into the temple courts for worship, for prayer. You know, he would have seen other people going in and out for worship. He would have heard the prayers coming across the wall or perhaps peeked through uh, the sides to see the sacrifices being done in the court of the priests. You know, he, he would have been familiar with the Psalms which sing of going into God's presence to worship him, but he wasn't able to do it himself. He'd never experienced it firsthand for himself. And I wonder, 
Do you ever feel this way? Do you feel that way this morning? Perhaps as we were having our time of worship, just feeling like I'm not able to engage, I'm not able to fully press into God's presence. Or perhaps if you're, you're watching online at home, um, perhaps you've not been able to, uh, to leave for whatever reason, and there's just a sense of isolation, I don't know. Do we feel like that this morning? And of course, for the Christian, uh, the temple with its, its physical gates and its courtyards, it, that's a sign um, of the spiritual temple, which is those of us. It's not a building, but it's the community, a family. And there are no gates uh, in uh, a Christian church or community. And from the point of Jesus coming to us, he's made us the place of his presence. And Peter uh, later writes in his letter, in 1 Peter, he writes about this. He says, as you come to him, that's Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, spiritual temple, to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are the temple now, but at that point in history, for this man at that time, he wasn't able to go in uh, to God's presence. Now, we believe that God heals today, physically and mentally and spiritually, but how do we go about seeing that healing, both for ourselves and for others? That's what we're going to reflect on just now, looking at our passage. First thing to say is faith for healing. So as we read, as we heard read that encounter between Peter and John and this man who was lame from birth, what's immediately striking is the faith for healing that we see on both sides. Now, I want to just caveat this here. It's not, this is not at all that we're, a sense that we're guaranteed healing um, if we have sufficient faith or, you know, if, if we don't receive healing in, in an area of our lives that somehow we're not good enough or we, we didn't believe hard enough, or we didn't pray enough, not at all. Um, rather, it's that God seeks to draw us into his presence. That's the most important thing, and that is what happens here. So first we have Peter's faith from verse 4. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Uh, here we see the first detailed account of someone being healed miraculously, not at the uh, hands and voice of Jesus. Um, not that actually this, is, this would be the first time that Peter had seen um, a miraculous healing through his own um, faith, because Jesus while he was still with his disciples, actually sent them out, didn't he, and gave them authority to heal and to cast out demons. And the principle here is that even though Jesus is gone, even though he's ascended to heaven, his presence is still uh, with his people, and his healing ministry continues. And so that's why Peter can reach out and say, in the name of Jesus, walk. 
and this man is healed. And there's two things that are going on here that I think are really striking. Um, The first is that Peter declares healing in Jesus' name, doesn't he? He says, in the name of Jesus, walk. Jesus heals today. He healed then, and he heals today. And as well as that, he reaches out, doesn't it? It says he took him by the right hand and helped him up. It wasn't just kind of speaking healing from far away. Peter approached him and helped him up. And those two things are really important, both the speaking and the reaching are part of Christian faith for healing. And it strikes me that so often we can do one and not the other. Sometimes we will be praying really hard for healing, um, but we might just leave it there. We don't back it up with any kind of action, any support, any reaching out, reaching to take by the hand, as it were. Or it can be the other way around. We can reach out to those who are struggling, those who are in need, but without a conviction of the power of the name of Jesus to bring healing, to bring transformation, you know, without undergirding it with anything. And I wonder, I certainly see this in myself, I wonder, can you think of uh, someone, perhaps who you're praying for, uh, someone who you're supporting, where actually there could be a joining together of those, both the faith in the name of Jesus for healing, whatever that might be, physical or, or something else, as well as reaching out. Have we, are we doing both uh, when we're seeking to see Jesus moving in the lives of those we love? So we have Peter's faith. And secondly, there's the man's faith. Because later when Peter goes on, he goes on to explain what's going on, In verse 16, he says, By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you all can see. This man, he'd been brought into the temple every day, most days, for what, decades? He's over 40 years old. He would have been there when Jesus visited the temple when Jesus came up for the festivals, when Jesus was preaching and healing in the temple, and he had faith to be healed too. And there's a real sense here that faith in Jesus is faith for healing. And in a sense, the whole Christian life, the whole thing that it is to follow Jesus, to live with Jesus, is to experience healing. Not just as a one-off kind of zap, but as a, something that goes on for our whole lives. That's healing from, from brokenness you know, in our past or our family or our community. That's healing from sin uh, in our lives. It's having, um, healing as we cooperate with God, as he makes us more and more like Jesus. And in fact, actually, the, uh, if you'll indulge me in a bit of Greek, um, the Greek word for save, sozo, is the same, it means heal as well. It means save, means heal. It's actually where we get uh, the English word salve from, which is some kind of like ointment you put on um, to heal you. So this idea, when you're saved, you're healed. And of course, Luke, who's writing this, he was a doctor, so he loves all of this stuff. And you'll often see in Luke's gospel in Acts, him, him calling people being saved, being healed. Um, And actually, just in the the verse before this chapter, which Eleanor finished on last week, 
Acts 2, verse 47. What does it say? It says, The Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. So to be saved by Jesus through faith is to, in a measure, experience healing and that process of healing with God. And for some, there'll be, some of us, there'll be like a dramatic experience of healing. You know, some of you may have stories of that. Uh, One of the great joys of actually doing Alpha is seeing God really move and heal people and uh, sharing stories about how God has answered prayer in that way. Uh, For others of us, you know, difficulties um, remain, you know, and we live in a fallen world. We live this side of heaven. And so there are still things which we uh, which are painful for us and uh, which we don't see full healing for. But God ministers his wonderful grace and his presence uh, to us in that very place. Uh, in the evening service at the moment, we're looking at 2 Corinthians, and there's a, um, there's a verse in there where Paul says he, he talks about his thorn in the flesh, this, which probably was a a kind of physical health issue, and he called on God to, to heal him. And God said, God always spoke back to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And that is true as well. So there's faith for healing. What's the next thing? What comes next? Well, the man is completely healed, isn't he? His his ankles are made strong. As, as Peter has declared healing over him and reached out, he gets up. Um, and he goes with Peter and John, doesn't he, into the inner court of the temple. He joins in that time of prayer for the first time in his life. And he's jumping and he's dancing. And everyone starts to think, hey, this is the guy who's been outside for all that time. And now he's walking. What's gone on? Everyone kind of crowds in, don't they, as we heard, to, to see what is going on. And what's Peter's response? Here it is from verse 12. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. And then he goes on to preach the gospel, to, to share the good news. He gives all glory to Jesus. That's my second point. Faith for healing and all glory to Jesus. And when we see God work wonders and answer prayers, it's so easy, isn't it, to let the focus kind of rest on us, on me. What a good job I did. What a good job we did. But what Jesus calls us to is to put the focus on God, to point up to God, and to share it with others, to point out. So first we see Peter, he deflects all the praise up to God, doesn't he? When we see God kind of working in other people's lives and healing, let's make sure God gets the glory. Let's make sure Jesus gets the credit. And Peter even seems to kind of preempt this, doesn't he? You know, it just says they've come to look at, look at what's happening, and he immediately is saying, Actually, no, it's not because of us, but it's because of Jesus. Jesus, uh, Peter knows that it's all about Jesus. So he doesn't give anyone even a moment to misunderstand what's going on. And, you know, in a society 
um, of you know, social media feeds and exams and CVs and performance reviews and career development plans and as we even heard of NotDAC, you know, these business development plans, all good things. We can get used to kind of putting ourselves on the center stage, can't we? Even if as you know, good, humble Christians, we, we find it also very difficult to do. There can be a sense in which the, the culture around us wants us to, to portray the best side of ourselves, to put ourselves in the center. And even in, in the Church of England, there's a, uh, there's a danger of this right now as um, we're seeking to release like, funding for mission. You know, and here at St. Paul's, we are a mission hub church, and so we are given some extra resources with the idea that we help others with their mission. But in all this, let's remember with Peter that the glory needs to go to Jesus, uh, not to us. Uh, this isn't about hitting targets or making a big name for ourselves, but making a name for our Heavenly Father and His kingdom. So there's a sense of deflecting the praise up to God, and then sharing with others. With Peter, every situation becomes this evangelistic opportunity, doesn't he? He immediately starts preaching. <laughs> he immediately starts sharing um, about Jesus' love. And, you know, Peter was someone who experienced that deep healing from Jesus. Peter is the one who, uh, when, Peter, when Jesus was betrayed, uh, Peter denied him three times, denied he ever knew him, threw him under the bus. And when Jesus was raised back to life, he restored him, doesn't he? He forgave him and he commissioned Peter. And this is the Peter now. He, he can't help but share the gospel um, that saves and heals other people. Uh, there was a Roman Catholic priest called Henry uh, Nouwen, um, who wrote extensively on the Christian life, um, on prayer. And he talks about, he has this book called Wounded Healers, where he talks about each of us as healers by God's grace, healed and in the process of receiving healing, but from that place of woundedness, that being a place where we can share. And we see that so clearly in Peter here, don't we? sharing from his own woundedness, his own failures and brokenness. And it's not at all about having everything sorted uh, or healed, but it's about seeking God's presence uh, for yourself, for myself, um, and for others. Sharing what we, the healing that we have received, that saving that we have received. So I want to Come, in, um, come into to close now, just thinking a final point very briefly, and then we'll have a time to pray before we worship. That is that in all of this, Jesus comes to bless. Let's just go maybe full circle back around to that question I asked at the start. What is it that is preventing you, that might be preventing you from going further into God's presence, his will for your life, a relationship with him. Here we've looked at how this, this man at the temple, and each of us too, can be healed into God's presence. You know, how that involves faith. The glory should be to Jesus. But Peter finishes um, his, you know, he goes on his impromptu evangelistic 
um, spiel goes on actually beyond which we, which we heard read. And he lands in, um, in verse 26, just at the end of our chapter, by saying this. When God raised up his servant, that's Jesus, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. Jesus comes to bless. He comes to bless you and me. He comes to usher us deeper into God's presence, like pushing through those gates in the temple, right into the Holy of Holies. God's primary motive in his interactions with each one of us, whether we're um, hurting or healed, whether we're Christian or not, whether we're follower or fearer, is to bless us by healing us into God's presence. And, you know, this isn't about earning our way into God's love. It's not about, it's also not about just holding on and getting through uh, life in our own strength, but it's about allowing Jesus to bless us and through that to bless and heal others and through that to glorify his name. Just before we pray, I want to just give another shout out to um, the well. I don't know if we have a slide. We might have a notice slide about the well. We could pop that up if we do. Um, and Caroline prayed about the well and the ministry um, of that 20 years. Uh, it's a place of, of healing prayer. Here in Leamington, uh, some of you will know Anne Hibbert, who, who runs it. Um, but a number of us, uh, a number of people here at church are part of the team there. And it is a center in Leamington Spa, a place where you can go to receive prayer for healing in whatever, uh, whatever way or shape that needs to be for you. I just want to, yeah, just commend that to you. Um, to get in touch, got their website there. If there's something actually you would really long to have prayer for, they would love to come alongside you for that. Before we worship now, I'd like just to invite you to stand. And shall we pray, just have a, time to respond, uh, respond to Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that, yes, you have come to bless us. Thank you, Lord, that your heart is to usher us deeper into your presence and, and you seek to bring healing You seek to bring salvation, to save us that we might know you, be in relationship with you. And Lord, we just offer up to you now, each of us uh, in our hearts, those areas which we are aware keep us from you or kind of prevent us, just like, almost like that, those big brass doors uh, which prevented that man from going into, going more deeper into your presence. And Lord, I ask that you would come and meet us in this place. Come and bring uh, your healing. Lord, your healing that ushers us closer to you. Lord, would you increase our faith? Not that it's about needing to have a sufficient faith, to, to see something, a situation or something for us healed, but Lord, that we might trust you 
and seek to see you healing others even as you've healed us. And Lord, would you have the glory, would you help us to, uh, to glorify you in the healing we see around and to celebrate what you're doing and to share it with others. Give us a voice, Lord. Give us a, a mouth like Peter to declare healing and, a, and that hand to reach out. Lord, we invite you to come and do a deep work in each of us. In Jesus' name, amen.